Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones, Bowden, he's got it, England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, I'm trying to suppress... Almost a, a sigh of, of disappointment. Uh, well, I'm trying to sort of look on the bright side, really, after that incredibly short test match. The shortest test match since 1935, all over by just after tea or the second interval on the second day, and England humbled in Ahmedabad. And, well, you know, is it terrible batting? Is it an unplayable pitch? We'll debate that. We'll also hear from Joe Root, some uh, reaction from the England camp and uh, well all I can say is really that I was on Channel 4 with two ex-England captains Sir Alistair Cook and Sir Andrew Strauss and they both said after watching the play today they didn't know how they'd have made any runs on that pitch what was the reaction from uh, from where you were Simon? Well I was with Steve Finn today and, and of course Finney was the last man out in that test match in Bangladesh when England lost all 10 wickets in one session and you know it was it was really difficult then actually Alistair Cook was with us in the last game on, on the Cricket Social and he said that test match exactly the same thing he didn't know which way to play it he said Mahidi the the spinner in that match is you know he just come into the series and he said he he, he played against him and he said the identical ball, one ball would spin and one ball would go straight on. And I think that was the problem in this game for, for England's batsmen. They they didn't know which one was going to spin and which one was going to go straight on. And people, if you just look at the highlights, and this is something that Steve Finn said, if you just look at the highlights, you're getting out to straight balls or straightish balls, balls that just might straighten a fraction. But of course, it's it's what's around it. You know, balls ripping past the outside edge. And if it looks similar as a batsman coming down then it, you know, it is really difficult. And we'll hear from Joe Root in, in just a moment. He was saying that you know the pink ball has something to do with that as well. But, the, I mean, the bottom line is that England have been bowled out in this test match in 20 wickets in 476 balls, and that's the second fewest since 1904 in a test match. So there are all sorts of stats uh, flying around uh, tonight. The bottom line is England have been absolutely thrashed and they're 2-1 down in the series with one to play. Yeah, I suppose the ultimate match result, India winning by 10 wickets, is slightly misleading because actually, until England folded in a heat on the second afternoon, 
it actually, the match was in the balance and bowling India out to give them only a lead of about 30-odd. If England can make 130 or so in the second innings and set India over 100 to win, that's going to be challenging. But they just never got anywhere near that in the end. I, I, I agree with uh, Joe Root about the pink ball. I mean, obviously, it's, it's good to hear it from the horse's mouth and we'll examine that issue afterwards. But the problem is, it, it was the, the degree of the ball spinning. You know, if the ball is just spinning occasionally a bit and then the odd one's going straight on or most of them are going straight on, it's playable. But when it's spinning as much as it was, really spinning, turning square, which is that cliche, but, you know, the ball was almost going at right angles and then you're getting a lot of balls which are skidding on, it does mean you don't know how to line it up. What you mustn't do is is get out to the wall that just does nothing. And it, it all started badly for England, really, with, with Zach Crawley, who probably did the right thing, opening the batting in the second innings, playing the line of the ball, mm. the expected line of the ball to come on straight from Axa Patel, bowling with the new ball. And it just turned enough to beat his back defence. So I think he was trying to play it the right way by expecting it not to turn with the new ball. And it did just enough to bowl him off stump. And then, obviously, Bairstow getting out almost immediately afterwards and the England then really were up against it. Yeah, I have to say, I, I, I was... I thought England would struggle in their second inning. So you said, you know, you were saying there that you know ten wickets, you know, it's, it's sort of a bit skewed. I have to say that that thirty odd run lead that India had, and also their bowlers on that surface against England's batting lineup, I I, I couldn't see it for, for England really. I couldn't see them getting enough runs in that second innings to really challenge it. India in the second innings. I know it's all it's all very well to say that in, in hindsight. I did. I mean, I actually felt it at the time. I just thought it was going to be incredibly challenging. And once you're naught for two, I mean, I mean, suddenly they're up again, aren't they? You know, India. It must have been a ch- quite a chastening morning for India, but it shows actually how difficult the surface was. I think, and I think it was a bit of a lottery, really. I mean, in, India collapsed like England uh, collapsed in their first innings, but they, you know, their their spinners they've just got a bit more about them, obviously, uh, with Patel and Ashwin. I mean, Patel's figures in the match: eleven for seventy. Uh, I mean, Ashwin had a good game, but, you know, Patel sort of out-bowled him, really. 11 for 70, man of the match. Uh, Ashwin, 7 for 74, 400 test wickets. Congratulations to him. He's a fine bowler, really skillful bowler. You know, Axel Patel, you know, actually out-bowling Ravi Chandra and Ashwin in this match. Not that Ashwin bowled badly, of course, but Patel was just so well-suited uh, for this surface. Mm, yeah, and 18 wickets fell in the match out of 30, bowled or LBW. And while it is true, some of those bowls particularly were unplayable. Uh, I'm thinking, for instance, the ball that Root bowled to Washington Sunder, for instance, which turned square, and uh, one or two that uh, Ashwin produced as well. On the other hand, there were quite a lot of dismissals to balls which just went straight. And that that's not good enough, actually. I mean, it's easy to criticise and sit here and say, well, I could have played better, and of course I couldn't. But the, the, I think, you know, the basics are protect your stumps. And someone like Bairstow getting bowled through the gate like that, that was pretty poor, actually, for England number three. I know he's just come back from a, a bit of a, a rest at home and all that. But still, to leave a gate that large, at that level of the game, is, isn't good. And um, Axa Patel... Well, he, he just bowled really straight. And actually, if there was one thing I'd say that England could have learnt from it, 
it is that he bowled, I think, 31% of his deliveries would have hit the stumps, whereas Jack Leach, only 16% of his deliveries would have hit the stumps. And I think Leach actually bowled decently, but Graham Swan has been almost uh, boring in the way that he's said, you've got to bowl straight at the stumps in this era, especially on a pitch like this, where you've got DRS and Hawke and everything at a big advantage. You, you batsmen are, are, are very loath to prop forward with their pad because they know that, that they could easily get given out LBW. Uh, so, you know, you've got to try and protect your stumps with the bat and pad close together. And some batsmen were not good enough at doing that. But even if, if, if Sir Alistair Cook and Sir Andrew Strauss are saying they, they don't know how they would score runs on this surface, you know, what hope is there for this England Well, no, that's, that's a fair question. That is a fair question. And, and the pitch overall was unsuitable for Test cricket. And, you know, how can you spend $110 million on a brand new, fantastic stadium and produce a pitch like that, which looked as if it was from the local park? You know, it was disintegrating almost from about the first half hour. And Indian fans will say, I'm biased and England produce green pitches that, that seem all over the place. I wouldn't say that's quite true. And uh, we do produce, you know, seeming pitches, certainly, but they're not unplayable. And this this was unplayable in the end, after only a day and a half as well. Hmm. Well, the fact that India got bowled out, I mean, suggests it was incredibly difficult. I mean, they went from 98 for two to 145 all out. And Joe Root, you know, he's a, you know, a very useful sort of part-time spinner you know very useful took five for eight I mean that, <laughs> that mm. I think shows the the degree of difficulty just one thing on those green pitches in England yeah they yeah England do and that, that from time to time they leave too much grass on them and it, it does become a bit of a lottery but one thing of course it's different in England is the overhead conditions can o- often have a, an impact on the game and there is nothing you can do about that you know if it is overcast and humid then there's a reasonable chance the ball will will swing around, nip around, and sometimes, of course, in England because of the light, uh, the, the floodlights are on. So you know that's even harder. So you've got that sight issue as well, and you might have overcast conditions. So you know there's there's that aspect which cannot be controlled in in the UK, which is you know, obviously very different from India, where it is a it is about the surface. Uh, again, the bottom line is England were outplayed. Uh, India too good for them but it, I, I mean it was a it was a bit of a lottery surely anyway let's hear from uh, Joe Root I spoke to him afterwards that was the shortest test match since 1935 how do you what's happened over the last couple of days yeah it was um, it was obviously a very challenging surface um, I think uh, you know we're, we're bitterly disappointed I feel like we have probably missed an opportunity more so in the first innings than anything and you look at the the position we found ourselves in at 70 on for two, and we had a real chance to, in hindsight, if we'd have even got 200, you know, that would have been a very good score on that wicket, and um, the game would look completely different. So it's it's like restraint, it's something that we've got to learn from, we've got to get better, um, and we've got to keep looking to find a way of scoring runs on services like this. But it is very challenging, you know, you could see that with the scores throughout the whole game, the way that the India bat as well, with you know, guys that are more used to playing on. On turning turning wickets, was the degree of difficulty just too great for English players playing on surfaces like that? I mean, was actually the pitch a bit of a lottery? No, I, I honestly think the ball had quite a big factor in this wicket. I, I think that the plastic coating on it and the hardness of the seam compared to the red SG ball, 
meant that it almost gathered pace off the wicket if it, if it hit the shiny side of it. If it didn't hit the seat, it almost gathered pace. And we're actually due to being beat for pace, not necessarily beaten on the inside, which, you know, if, if you weren't up at pace, you look back at some of the replays, and actually the bats would probably end up in the right position and would have covered the ball. But because of that, the nature of it gathering pace off the wicket, I think that had a big big um, part to play in things. And, and credit to, to Axel in particular, I think he utilised that and exploited that exceptionally well. Uh, and found a very good method, um, very repeatable method on that service, which made it very challenging. 28 of the 30 wickets went to spinners. Uh, Don Best was left out. Can you explain that selection or non-selection? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, we look to try and play our best side to, in terms of utilising that pink ball. Um, thought the wicket was going to hold together better than it, than it did. And um, through, throughout the whole practice days, it seemed around, it swung prodigiously and seemed like it was a real threatening option. Um, you know, easy in hindsight to, to say otherwise and, and you know, select a different team. Um, but, you know, we wanted to, to give our, our seamers, which we feel is a big strength of ours, uh, the chance to exploit those conditions. And unfortunately, it was a slight misread in that regard. So is it time to return to independent umpires as soon as possible in Test cricket? Um, look, I, I've got no problems with the, the umpires on the field. I thought they were outstanding. Uh, actually, when it's challenging for the batters, it's definitely challenging for the umpires. And I thought they both had very good games, to be fair. I, I, I think you're referring to what happened um, when we were in the field. And it's, it's more the, the frustration of the process. It's not, it wasn't a frustration... Um, with the individual at all, it's the fact that um, we want the process to be consistent. It doesn't matter if it's if it's just for us; it's for, for both teams. You know, you want everyone to, to get the opportunity to whether it's look at more than one camera like that. That was the case this time around. We'd seen it in the first game in the in the previous game. Um, you know, we had a good conversation with Jabagal at the end of day's play. We explained our, our frustrations and, our, and and what we wanted to get on our test, and you know, felt like. You know, through that, we came to a, a very good understanding and you know, I felt like we've actually dealt with it very well, to be fair. Um, you know, it, was a, it was a good conversation. They took on board what we had to say. Well, there we go. That's England captain Joe Root. We talked about the umpiring situation at the end there and, him, and he was saying that you know, the umpiring he thought was pretty good in this test series. I actually agree with him. I think the standing umpires have been pretty good indeed. You know, I think one of the problems with it is this feeling that you know, there's that sort of pressure on umpires. If, if you are a, a home umpire, if you like, there's that feeling that uh, one side thinking, well, we're not getting any of the umpires' calls decisions. And then, you know, I mean, Virat Kohli's quite vocal as well. He, he puts his pressure on. England were unhappy yesterday. They were putting pressure on as well. And I think if you are an independent umpire, you, you, can, you can be more, more oblivious to it and, st and stand above it a little bit. Anyway... We, we will go back after the pandemic to independent umpires. And I think that's just the right way uh, to go overall. But it, I think, yeah, as Joe Root was saying there, it was the third umpiring that England had an issue with here. So the process, really, just going through the whole process. And there were times when perhaps not all the angles uh, were shown. And that was what uh, rankled with England, specifically in this game, the Ben Stokes catch, because England were absolutely sure it was out. The third umpire, he had a look at and thought, well, no, hold on, the ball's touched the ground. And actually, the, um, you know, the view we saw, the ball did seem to touch the ground. But we talked about this yesterday on the podcast about that foreshortening and perhaps, you know, could they see some other angles just to see what it looked like 
from elsewhere. And if it, you know, if it looked bad, you know, look, it touched the ground, absolutely fine. You know, get on with the game. Um, but anyway, that that's what I think was England's issue. And they had that meeting uh, yesterday with the match referee just to clarify things. And the match referee seemed very happy with what England was saying, the points that England were making about, yeah, just run it all through. Let's just see all the angles and then make the decision. Of course, there was the Rohit Sharma stumping as well. Did we see the stump cam no we didn't and you know the, the third umpire made his decision quite quickly and I think that that was what England was saying really it's just about the process and you know let's just have a look at it all anyway there we go that's that's the umpiring and what? I would say I'd like to just say I think the umpire was excellent actually yeah. on the field I think the challenges of umpiring when the ball is beating the edge hitting the pads cannoning into possibly the inside edge or the glove I mean there was one LBW which was given out and Joe Root thought about referring it because he thought, well, was I outside the line? Or he didn't mention, did I get an inside edge? No. Because he didn't think he had. And then it was proved, or pretty much proved, that there was an inside edge, a tiny inside edge. So if the player doesn't himself doesn't even know if he edged it or not, God help the umpire. So I think they've done really well, actually, over, overall. What I would say, though, is, is a couple of things. You know, people are saying, well, why is a, a test match over in a day and a half? And I think one of the reasons is the advent of Hawkeye. And I, I did some calculations a, a few years ago about, about the impact of umpire's call and those balls clipping the stumps being given out. And actually, I worked out that because umpire's perception of the stumps is now uh, larger because of the fact that you can be given out on an umpire's call just clipping, just clipping the top of the stumps. Mm. Actually, it's made the stumps in the umpire's mind a ball widths larger all the way round. And that is a 30% increase in the area of the stumps. Mm. So it's made it much harder for batsmen. They, they can't be sure of using their pad, for instance, as a second line of defence and um, being hit and the umpire saying, oh, no, that would have gone down or it was hit outside the line because the stumps in the, the umpire's mind's eye are wider now. So, it, you know, the bat and the bat is still the same width uh, as it was in 1740. So, you know, it is harder for batsmen, actually, to overcome when DRS is, is used in, obviously, international cricket it's much harder for batsmen when the ball is is doing a fair bit as as it was in this game. The other thing I'd say, and that's just to pick up on Joe Root's point about the the pink ball, I've got one in my hand here that is 81 overs old from a Test match in England, and it's still highly polished. And the fact is, the pink ball has to have an extra layer of lacquer put on it to keep the colour, because a red ball naturally dyed red doesn't need the lacquer, it keeps the red colour. The pink ball loses its colour unless they have the lacquer on it. The lacquer makes the ball a bit more, it, it looks a bit like a, a, a sort of boiled sweet and it'll glide off the pitch more than a, an older red ball will. Uh, and that's, I think, what has caused problems for all the batsmen in both sides. Firstly, if the ball lands on the shiny part, which both Axa Patel and also Ravi Ashwin are very clever at doing that. They make it look as if the ball is going to turn and some accidentally don't and some deliberately don't because they just land on the shiny part of the ball. Mm. So they're very good at exploiting that. Also, with the pink ball, batsmen like to be able to see the seam rotating 
uh, to try and guess, you know, which way the ball is spinning or if it is spinning. And you can't see the seam on a pink ball nearly as clearly as you can on a red ball. The distinction between the colour of the seam and the colour of the ball is very hard to pick up from a distance. So batsmen have got less clues about the, what, what the ball is going to do with a pink ball. So they're doomed then. I mean, so it was an impossible they're task. For it. <laughs> for on, on this pitch, it was an impossible task then for, for the batsmen. If they don't know which way it's going to turn, if it's just going to skid straight on, it's really difficult to, to work out, and the ball's ragging as well as it was, then you know it's, it's, it's really, really tough. Just one thing, just going back to that uh, Joe Root LBW uh, decision that was given not out, well, it was given out straight earlier, and then it was challenged by Root eventually, and then it was overturned. I thought that was one of the trickiest third umpire decisions I have ever seen. It was really, really hard. And they, they certainly did take their time over that one, uh, the third umpire, Mr Shamshuddin. I mean, I, I really fell for him because I could... I could I could feel his agony there. And actually, I, I put it out on Twitter. I said, uh, you know, this is one of the hardest uh, third umpiring decisions I've seen. And what was what was interesting, actually, was the, the responses. Because there were people saying, oh, no, he clearly hit that. That You know, it was definitely not out. And other people saying, oh, I think Joe Root got away with one there. You know, quite a, it was sort of quite split, which, which mm. showed to me that actually, it, that shows to me the really high degree of difficulty in that mm. LBW decision. You know, it, it, it was, oh, I, I really felt, when I mean, you think of all the pressure they've been under, you know, with, you know, Coley having a say and then Root having a say and, you know, what, what went on yesterday on the field. And I, I thought, goodness me, I wouldn't like to be in your shoes. I, I honestly don't know, even, even now, I'm not sure whether it's out or not. I think the first angle, actually, the the straight down the pitch angle, slow-mo, showed a little tiny inside edge. I think that was the best angle. But you're quite right. But was it pad first? Well, yeah, I didn't look. It it looked like a little inside edge first. But interestingly, Graham Swan on commentary on telly said the first angle thought he was inside edge. And then he looked at it from another angle and it it didn't look like an inside edge. It looked like pad first. So it was a difficult decision. I thought he got it right, though, actually, uh, much to Joe Root's relief. But it didn't. Didn't help no. him for long. And, and one other point as well, talking about LBWs, and you mentioning the stumps being a bit bigger. Andy Zaltzman, the, uh, our stats guru on the, on the Cricket Social today, uh, has been looking at LBW stats for spinners. And, and we had Tuffers with us. And Tuffers was going, he was looking at this match. He was going, oh, I never would have got that. I never would have got that one. And, mm. and he's right, because you, you look at his uh, percentage of dismissals, LBW in Test cricket, it's something like 8%. And the, sort of, mm. the main bowlers now, the main spinners, they're, they're taking 25% of their wickets. Well, well actually, Ashwin, Ashwin, I looked this up, 401 wickets, 42% of his wickets are either bowled or LBW. 170 people have been either bowled or LBW, Ashwin. 84, I think, is LBW. And you compare that to his predecessor, Harbhajan Singh, who mm. was a different style of bowler, but you know you bowl to the situation and the conditions that that you're given. Harbhajan Singh, twenty nine percent bowler LBW in his career, mm. four hundred and seventeen wickets. Ashwin, forty two percent bowler LBW, and you know he's a master at exploiting the the current rules and regulations that are that are there. And yeah. I, I must admit, you know, whereas Aksa Patel, I don't think he knows which balls are turning and which ones aren't. Ashwin very much does. And mm. just little tiny tilts of his wrist, little tiny changes of pace or direction or grip, and the ball does something different. And he showed that brilliantly by the wicket in both innings of Ollie Pope. 
with a couple of off breaks and then the undercutter or the, the, the flying saucer or whatever you want to call it, which looks exactly the same as a spinner and it just skates straight on and clean bowls him. And th those were two absolutely exemplary wickets for, for Ashwin. So you've got a magician at one end and at the other end, you've got a bloke himself who doesn't know whether the ball he's about to deliver is going to turn or not. What, what, what hope have they got? And I'm well, I'll tell you one thing England did get wrong, and that is you should bat, and this is confounding all expectations about pink ball test matches, you should bat under lights because that's when the Indians made all their runs in the first innings. They were five for no wicket at T on the first day, 99 uh, at the end of the day's play. So they made 94 runs in that session, which no one else managed in any other period of play. Obviously, uh, Zach Crawley looked good against the new ball early on in the match as well. But nobody, normally you'd think with a pink ball test match, you don't want to bat under lights. But actually, I think more balls under lights would skid on and not turn with the dew around and the pink ball. So actually it would be easier because the ball wouldn't turn as much. So that would have been the time that England should have been batting today, but they didn't last long enough. Yeah, so it actually, so it wasn't so much pink ball and lights. It was more pink ball, lights and dew. That was the problem yesterday. The ball was just a bit damp and so would skid on. That, that's yeah, and of course of... you can't grip it as well as a spinner. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another reason why it's better to bat against spin under lights. So what do England do now, Yoz? Uh, India are 2-1 Think about up. 23 batsmen. <laughs> well, well, should they? Have, I mean, look at the balance of their side. Uh, Don Best left. And he must have been, you know, on the, I, was, I was watching the, the watching the TV coverage and, you know, Joe Root was opening the bowling in the second innings uh, because he'd taken five for eight and England thought, well, you know, what, what, what else are we going to do here? The, the pitch is ragging and they had Leach at one end and Root at the other. Of course, the, the TV cameras were focusing on Don Bess you know, in the dugout area or whatever, the change room mm. area. And he he realised he was on. Uh, he looked up at the big screen, realised, he, you know, he was, he was on the screen. And I, <laughs> it would have been quite tempting to say something, wouldn't it? I mean, sometimes they, you see it in football matches, you know, where, where coaches put their hand over their mouth. I could just imagine uh, Bess sort of saying something and someone lip reading what he said. Anyway, he didn't. He looked, he looked a little bit sheepish there because he, he must have known what they were talking about, what the commentators were talking about, the fact that, you know, he wasn't playing and Joe Root was opening the bowling. But then, you know, Root, Root's taken five for eight. Although I imagine Bess was thinking, hold on, skipper, you've dropped me and now you're taking my wickets. Mm. I mean, Root, for, to be frank, Root, Root is a better spinner. Than Don Best at the moment, he's got more control and he's more dangerous because he's slightly more round on and he bowls quicker as well. He was bowling, I think he bowled some of the quickest balls of the game for a spinner, mm. uh, round about 60 miles an hour or 58, something like that, with the round arm making the ball come into the left hander and then spin sharply away. What do England do? Well, clearly they, they need to bat better. I, I'm not sure there's any other people that they could bring in to this squad, but. One thing, one player I, I felt should have played was Chris Wokes, actually, who's been trailing around the team all winter without having a game so far in Sri Lanka or India. And he is a good player of spin. And, you know, he, he might not bowl too many overs, but he's genuinely good player at number seven. Uh, so and I think he's a, he's a relaxed sort of player. You don't want players who are too tense in these environments. So Bairstow just looks you know, so rigid at the moment and, and sort of searching for the ball kind of thing. But you can't go into the next test with Archer at number eight. You know, that, that's four, four number 11s. You know, that's just foolish. So that, that's one thing. And clearly, they've got to play two spinners in the next game. I know that it will slightly depend 
on the pitch condition. But I, I thought it was absolutely stupid not to play a balanced attack. We've been saying it all along. Play a balanced attack. And, you know, Monty Panasar on our virtual cricket club said an interesting thing yesterday. He said when he was on tour in India before, he found often the, the net surfaces that were provided for practice were totally different from the match. And if we listen to Zach Crawley talking yesterday, he said in the net situations before the test match, the ball zipped around and swung the pink ball. And that may have influenced their selection decisions. But the fact is, the pitch that they were given for the match was nothing like the net surfaces. So, you know, maybe they were deceived by by the nets, actually, and that's what in, influenced them to, to go with the four-seamers. Mm, but, I mean, you, you, don't you use your eyes and you have a look at the pitch and you think, well, actually, you know, this, this pitch looks as though it might t- take spin You'd hope quite, so, quite wouldn't early you? in the match. You know, does, you know forget the, what the net pitch is look like because um, you know, you know, everyone knows that it's perfectly possible for a, a curator to make a, you know, different types of pitches. So it doesn't mean that the net pitches are going to play like the... The pitch in the middle, surely. I mean, the, the one uh, one thing I would say, of course, about uh, playing in Ahmedabad is this is a new ground, and we've we've often seen with new grounds that the pitches are a bit ropey to start with. It takes a while, doesn't it, to to get them together, and then gradually they bed down, and, and sometimes they can produce absolutely you know belting batting pitches. But you know, it, it can take a while to produce a, a good pitch on a on a new ground, and, and well. Whatever England's attack looked odd, their tail looked odd as well. Really, with with Jofra Archer coming in at at number eight, and you know he hasn't produced anything with the bat so far in in, in Test match cricket. So what what are you looking at then? Bess and Wokes in for the next Test match, and two of the other pace bowlers out. So that means leaving out two of Anderson, Broad, or Archer, as, as far as I can tell. Mm, well, definitely Broad. I wouldn't have Broad playing, and and then. Yeah, who, who's 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 the other one to miss out? Um, I think you have probably got to keep the same top six really. So Wokes maybe at seven, uh, Folks at eight, two seamers, two spinners. Yeah, I mean they're not going to change the batting lineup. I mean they've just dropped Burns, haven't they? And they've just dropped Lawrence. So and and, and Butler's gone home. So you know the the options there are are, are fairly limited. So you imagine it's going to be the same. Uh, batting lineup, and they just have to bat better. And imagine the old the old bowlers will get reshuffled. It's, it's the old way, isn't it? You know, it, it, <laughs> bowlers yeah. bowlers get dropped after a, a heavy defeat, and the, and the batsman on you go. But you know, was it was it a, a bit of a lottery? And it was tough for, for India's batsmen as well. Some people might say, "Oh well, India is all right. India knocked off forty nine for no wicket in seven and a half overs. No no trouble at all." But the point was, they were playing under absolutely no pressure, and the game was gone. Was it? I mean, no side has has ever defended as. 49 uh, in a test match and though I'd, I'd be surprised if they ever did however long test match cricket is played you know you're just not defending uh, 49 runs and India just knocked them off no trouble at all so Rohit and Gill could play with a bit of freedom I and mean, that, that that was game over once England were out for 81 you know that was game over but anyway India India of 2-1 is fine for India to qualify for the world Test Championship final, but of course the, the next game, if England come back and, and, and win it 2-2, then it will be Australia against New Zealand. So there's a lot to play for for India in the next match. And for England, there's the chance. It, it does seem like a bit of a long shot at the moment, the way things are. It's amazing how things change around so quickly. There is, you know, is a chance to draw a series in India. So what, what do India 
or what sort of pitch do India want to play on in the next game? Do they want to play on another two, two and a half day surface or do they want to flatten well, it out and, and say, well, a draw's good enough to, to make the World Test Championship final? I, I think they'll play on a similar surface to this. That They can see that England aren't very good on it. Uh, they haven't got too many other options selection-wise, as we've already discussed. And they know they can bowl well on a, a surface like that. Axa Patel, it's his home ground. They're not bothered about the, the, the sort of chief executives type pitch, which we talk about in England, lasting four or five days to make sure you maximise the corporate hospitality. Uh, I don't think they're particularly worried about that. So I reckon it'll be quite similar. They've got a little bit more time. They've got a week now, haven't they? A, a bit of extra time to, to make it a little bit flatter and last a little bit longer. And I, I don't know, if I was the broadcasters, I... Well, I I think yeah. I might be a bit annoyed, actually. Yeah. This is Loss very... of uh, three days of potential yeah. advertising revenue. Yeah, I mean, this is it's a really good point, yours. Actually, I was going to go on to that. You know, you think of Channel 4 who bought the rights. They've lost three days of test cricket. I mean, you, you, it's always a bit of a gamble, isn't it? You never know when a, a test match is going to finish. And there's all the sort of all this, the, the, the finance around that. But it's not just Channel 4. It's, you know, all the other broadcasters around the world. And, of course, uh, in India as well. Uh, cricket is a huge thing. The day-night test match. You imagine, you know, really big audience in the evening, and they've lost, you know, at least two days of of coverage. So that you know, there's that issue there as well. Yeah, I mean, they they mainly pin their uh, their sort of advertising rates and and revenue on the IPL and yeah. and white ball, and, yeah, white ball cricket, which is obviously coming up next. But still, it, it doesn't sell a, a good message for the game. So I think I think it's important actually for the for the kind of credibility of the Indian board and the ground to make a better pitch for the next test. England, well, they probably have the same order. They just need different batting. Yeah, well, it's it's a massive puzzle for them to solve, isn't it? It really is, and it, and it has been ever since. Uh, they made that 500 nod in in the first innings. It, I mean, it's it's amazing, isn't it? How you can you can come out in the first test of the series and chalk up 500 nod. In the last five innings, they haven't reached 200. But I mean, you know, batting conditions have clearly got much much worse or much harder. Uh, what what is Joe Root's word about the the conditions? Challenging. I think you know for challenging. I think you can probably. Put your own word in. Yeah. Um, for that's that, a, that's that. a euphemism for a, for a shit heap, basically, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> pardon, pardon my French. Well, you know what? What will be interesting is in you know, fifteen, twenty years time, or fifteen years, whatever, when Joe Root was retired from playing international cricket, we get him in the commentary box, and then you know you can he'll probably say what he really thinks about the services in Ahmedabad and and Chennai. But you know, fair's fair. This is a very strong. Indian side, um, it was an incredible victory for England in the first set, just, just to beat this India side in India. They're strong, you know, they've just won in Australia, they've got bags of talent, they've got you know, all sorts of bases covered, and you know, they, t- t- for me, they are the best side in the world, and they are playing at home where they are virtually impregnable. They've only lost that one series, we keep emphasising it, since 2004. And I suppose, you know, in a way, you could argue it's... it's England have done pretty well to still be in the series going into the the fourth test match but uh the series looks I think the series looks to be heading the way we expected it uh, to be heading at the start of the series what what was Vic's comment when we did that uh, pre-series preview he said I think India will qualify for the world test championship final and um I did then and I still do now well, we can finish this podcast with a bit of good news. Uh, one is that we have Marcus Truscovic 
in the virtual cricket club next Thursday in aid of the Professional Cricketers Trust. Uh, and of course, he's a guy who knows all about the, the stresses of playing test cricket, both physically and mentally, and playing in India as well. And also, an even better bit of good news is that there is a special offer on the Cricketer magazine for the next six issues. We are charging you only £19.21. The reason for that amount is that our magazine was founded in 1921 and the next issue is our centenary issue. It's a special double-sized issue, 164 pages, absolutely fascinating material within it. And if you sign up to that £19.21 six-month subscription, then you'll get that issue included. So go to thecricketer.com slash subscribe for that special offer. We've got a few days off. Have a bit of a lie down, I think, and try and uh, take it all in. And we'll be back with the Virtual Cricket Club next Thursday and podcasts looking back at the fourth test from next weekend onwards. See you then. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.